and welcome to Sip Sip Hooray, the show where the conversation is sparkling, the banter is bubbly, and the guests, well, they're just downright delicious. And today's show is no exception. We have a woman with us today whose name could not be more perfect for who she is. She is Joy Sterling, and she is just a joy to be with, and we're so grateful for her joining us today on Sip Sip Hooray podcast. I am Mary Babbitt and my co-host. I'm Mary Orlin, and we are the Marys who like to eat, drink, and be merry. And we are so excited to have a dear friend join us today, Joy Sterling of Iron Horse Vineyards in Sebastopol in Sonoma County. Joy has been a force in wine. Um, her family started Iron Horse Vineyards in 1976, and um, they remain a force in sparkling wine and in really establishing a standard for sparkling wine in California, in the United States, and around the world. And um, Joy is a second generation. She and her brother Lawrence have been overseeing the winery for many years, but the third and fourth generations are on their way as well. But, um, you know, we are going to dive into something that is near and dear to Joy's heart, and that is um, doing good for the earth, um, all the efforts of that she and her family have been involved in, in protecting the earth and for Earth Day, it's all coming to play, especially as Earth Day is just upon us. So Joy, welcome to Sip Sip Hooray. Thank you so much. I am so thrilled to be with you both, the two Marys, and I want to be just as merry as you. <laughs> we want you to be too. And I think, you know, with Bubbly, how can you not be? Totally, totally. It's the best way. If anybody wants to be merry, pop a bottle of bubbles. It works instantaneously. It's so true. That's the best prescription. Completely. And I am very excited about Earth Day. Of course, you know, when you're a farmer and when you're growing wine grapes, you are essentially a farmer. Every day is Earth Day. That is our job is uh, to be stewards of the land. But Earth Day does have a very special significance for me and my family. We've been celebrating on a pretty large scale. Oh, my goodness. I think our first big celebrate Earth Day in Green Valley, Green Valley being our special growing area, uh, was 2008. So tell us what what led you to this um, calling to really celebrate Earth Day and everything that it stands for. Why is this important to your family and how did you get started with it? Well, I think because we are just marketing geniuses, you know, <laughs> Green Valley, Green Earth Day. It's like, Perfect. okay, I get this. And um, and we had already uh, just begun a special partnership with National Geographic. And we make a gorgeous cuvee called Ocean Reserve, which is a Blanc de Blanc, a vintage Blanc de Blanc. And beginning with the 2005 vintage dedicated our Blanc de Blanc production to Ocean Reserve. And we give $4 a bottle sold to National Geographic's Ocean Initiative. And that money goes to help support sustainable fishing around the globe and to help establish marine protected areas. But it just makes so much sense. How could, you know, we're better to celebrate Earth Day than in Green Valley. 
And our mantra is uh, eat, drink, and be green. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> As ours is eat, drink, and be merry, we will adopt eat, drink, and be green for the month of April because we are, we're with you on this. Well, um, I was able to enjoy a bottle of the National Geographic Blanc de Blanc Ocean Initiative Sparkling, and it is delicious. And you can, you do get a a minerality, a salinity along with that, some citrus notes. It's, it's a gorgeous bubbly, but I thought it's fun that it does have a ocean, a hint of the ocean in it. People say that all the time. They say that they can taste the ocean in it. And here's how I figure that is number one, the Pacific is literally 13 miles to the West as the drone flies. And the ocean is the engine of our microclimate. That's why we picked the ocean as the focus for this wine. It, it is what allows us to make sparkling wine on the level of finesse and elegance that we're able to achieve. I think when, when you say that you can taste the ocean, that salinity, that minerality, that to me says cool climate. Mm. Cool climate generally results in that minerality, that crispness. And so it really speaks to the unique area where we are. It's so interesting, just as in France, there are there is a certain area that is considered the best for making bubbles, namely mm -hmm. champagne. Right. So too in California, there are particular areas that are cool enough and have that either ocean influence or in the case of Carneros off the bay that are cool enough to be able to make wines that have that um, elegance and sure. lift that yes. you want in a bubbly. And, and fog plays a big role in that. Absolutely. Fog is, is our signature and um, Green Valley lies entirely within the Russian River Valley. So most people grasp it as a subappellation, but it is in fact its own federally recognized growing area. And it's the first place where the fog comes in and the last place where it recedes in the afternoon. And the fog interestingly comes to us from the south through a gap in the coastal range at Petaluma called the Petaluma Gap. Mm -hmm. Well, when your parents, Audrey and Barry Sterling, the late Barry Sterling, bought the property, that was 1976. At that time, people thought, if I read correctly, that Sebastopol was too cool to be a good wine growing region. But your, um, your folks recognized that it had similarities to places they'd seen in France, the climate? That's exactly correct. I mean, as my mother says, we're angel spirit tread. And... <laughs> Even the UC Davis Agricultural Extension agents told them they were nuts. But we lived in France in the late 60s and early 70s. And they found that their favorite grapes were Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And my mother is a San Franciscan. So she spent her summers on the Russian River and knows our climate very well. The, hmm. the first time she wore lipstick was at a dance in Monterio. And... <laughs> So she knew the fog and, and the confluence of those two experiences, the, no, the information, the knowledge gained from living in France and her knowledge of the special microclimates here came together and they were just 
they knew, they just knew. And um, it's hard to remember how pioneering it was. This was apple country and Iron Horse was the most westerly vineyard in Sonoma County. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just frost protected last night. We oh, are wow. prone to frost as late as June 1st. And so the first thing my parents did when they bought the property was put in a reservoir. And I'm very proud, particularly uh, during Earth Month, uh, to say that uh, all of the water that we use in the vineyards and in the gardens is all recycled water. Wow. Yeah, it's all recycled from the little town of Forestville. And my brother um, negotiated that contract in 1990. And at the time, the general consensus was yuck. We did not make a big to-do about it. People thought, you do what? And now, of course, it is considered absolutely genius. <laughs> so you come from a family of visionaries, your parents, your brother, and um, Audrey and Barry had a lot to do with the establishment of the Green Valley AVA, didn't they? Well, thank you so much for bringing that up. Yes, it's a great point of pride that the name on the application for uh, AVA status was my mother, Audrey M. Sterling, and her attorney of record was Barry H. Sterling. And what's interesting to me is that it was simultaneous with Russian River filing for AVA status. So they, they really, the whole story of Iron Horse is about their vision. And, um, and our, fulfill, my brother and I striving to fulfill that vision and what I love most of all is for all that history and accomplishment, Iron Horse is so dynamic. We're constantly evolving. It's it's really quite wonderful. This year marks our 45th vintage. And I can't oh. tell you how exciting it is to watch Bud Break and the growth. It's, you know, that at this point, things are moving really fast. I mean, things grow. You wake up in the morning and say, oh, my God, that's another inch. Yes. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? I love that, too. It is. One of the things I think is interesting, Joy, is that you, before you came to um, working at the winery, you were in the news biz, just like Mary Orlin and myself. Um, tell us about your work in news and what led you to you know, uh, hang it up and come come to Sebastopol and, and work with the family? Well, I literally, I, I love being in the news world. And um, you were down I, in LA? Well, at the end, my first job was when I was in college. And I just wanted to be Woodward and Bernstein all wrapped up in one. <laughs> and then uh, 10 years later, I was in Los Angeles as deputy bureau chief for ABC Network. And my immediate superior had flown out from New York for my annual review, and he told me that I was right on track to be just like him, and I went home and cried. Oh, uh-huh. no. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly the dream you had in mind. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 not. Not, not, a, not a career motivator. No, it was not. And I guess I had zigged when I should have zagged, but, you know, I just, in any case, I was in the enviable position of the of being able to weigh heaven and hell and amazingly heaven won, which is not always the the case. So that was 1985. And so amazing. So I've been here quite some time now Mm -hmm. and it was just 
is I come from a long line of people who believe you can do many different things in one lifetime. You can just change course. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. And I am so um, thankful uh, that I'm doing what I'm doing now. I just, I just love it so much. And it, and wine has been my passport for so many years. It's just fantastic. Well, you're really good at it. And people in the news world have a tremendous amount of energy. They can um, juggle a lot of things at one time. And you bring that same level of passion and energy and ability to handle a bunch of different balls in the air to Iron Horse, which I think is probably a huge gift for your family too, and for the business. Well, you know what I think we learn, and I, I hope you both agree, is that you can pick up the phone and call anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. You, like you know, you don't you don't you don't think about it. It's just like I have to do this. I have to get a comment. I have to interview somebody. I just I just am picking. I'm just calling. I need this done. I want this done. And so one of my so right now, and this really fits in with with Earth Day. One of my passions is expanding uh, broadband. Mm. Um, I believe that broadband internet connectivity has to be universal, and the pandemic has really exposed the digital divide, how deep and severe it really is with mm -hmm. kids that couldn't go to school. I mean, they couldn't learn mm -hmm. and telehealth and safety. And, and I am so thrilled that there, uh, that broadband is, is, is a nexus between agriculture and environmentalists. And I think that that is really exciting. We, it's a common, it's common ground. And, I feel very strongly that both on the state level and also on the federal level that we are really going to get something done on this and uh, get everybody connected at the speeds that they need to thrive in the 21st century. Well, this leads me to, as you were saying, you can do many things in, during your lifetime. Um, you've had many acts and it seems that you've been getting a little bit more every year involved um, in things on the political side, on um, community issues and um, global issues and broadband access is certainly one of them. Well, I think that's part of sustainability. <clears throat> sustainability is not just what you do in the vineyard. That's obviously critical. But it's also how you conduct your business, how you treat your extended family, your your employees, your team, your role in the community, what you contribute. The, uh, the new buzzword in agriculture is regenerative agriculture, and it takes us beyond sustainability. It's not just sustaining something, it's regenerating, it's creating healthy soils. And it's so fascinating because many of the tenants of regenerative agriculture are second nature to grape growing. Things that you both have known, we've been, all of us and our neighbors have been doing for so long, the cover crops, the those kinds of things that mm -hmm. benefit the soil. Uh, we are natural stewards of the land because it is so important to what we, to what we do. That's what we're trying to express in every bottle of wine. But it also, what I love about regenerative agriculture is that it, the basic philosophy of it is, is if you're at a certain level, no matter how good or high that level is, where can you go next? And that to me is, is, uh, is a very wonderful and progressive goal in terms of 
what we want to do. And it's something we can, all of us can apply in all of our personal lives. Right. What can I do? What's that next little step? I'm a baby step person, one step at a time. And they add up. Well, and it's the ability to have a long view on something. You're not just concerned about this year's yield. You're concerned about what does this land look like for future generations? And I love that. Are there other examples besides cover crops that you can give us of regenerative agriculture? Well, one is, uh, which is very um, controversial in my family, is the the till versus no till. Mm. <laughs> what do you mean by that? No, I've I've heard I've heard about this controversy, but please explain. Well, so for example, it's it's not easy to plant a cover crop if you don't till, unless you have special seeding seeding machines. So that you know that's a that, so that's a controversy within. Why the wouldn't you want to? What's wrong with tilling? I don't understand. Well, they say that if you if you let it, if you if you leave it alone, it it's it's healthier. Uh, um, I will say um, it's very hard, if not impossible, to follow every guideline perfectly. And I think the key is to find your balance. So, for example, on the plus side for us while we do till so that we can plant the cover crop. So it's a practical issue. Um, We offset that, shall we say, by having 40% of our property left natural. Hmm. That's a lot. It's a lot. And that includes all the riparian corridors. It includes the Oakland areas. The, um, The trees are so, so, so important. Um, and in terms, and what the goal is of regenerative agriculture is number one, healthy soil, but also the ability to sequester carbon in the soil. So it's not just mitigating bad, it's doing actual good. And so one of the things that vineyards are very great at, if you didn't love us already, this will give you yet another (laughs) reason. to love all of you, go kiss your winemaker, hug your winemaker, is that we are actually, uh, anybody who grows anything green is sequestering carbon in the soil. And um, so that's, you know, it's just absolutely fabulous um, to be engaged in that. And um, and they now have this con- conversion system. So you can figure out based on different metrics, what it is, you know, how much you're doing. And as I say, the point is that once you have found your, your baseline, then your opportunity is to take it another step higher. We put uh, solar panels on our um, warehouses last year. That's another step forward. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's every, it's every time, what can you do to raise the bar? That's great. So I want to talk about 2020 and the year that has been very challenging for so many people. But in addition to all the challenges COVID presented, your father, Barry, passed away. And um, I'd love for you to tell us about your dad. I, his gardening skills are unparalleled, but you know, so much of what he has done has impacted not only the winery, but society. And I understand you've dedicated the 2020 vintage to him. Yes, which was a little problematic because when we started, we thought, oh, the 2020 vintage is so gorgeous. And then it became 
so so hard and you mm-hmm. just sort of think well shoot i mean i'm sure he thought well couldn't you pick just a great finish and <laughs> <laughs> but um but yes that vintage is dedicated to him and and um but you know you know as we used to say uh, every day is father's day of course every day is mother's day my mother turns 90 in may wow and um so i'm very very lucky and um he's here. I feel him every day. And uh, although it's funny, he doesn't travel with me. If I leave the property, he doesn't ride with Mm. me. He just stays right here. So he's here whenever (laughs) I come home. He's taking care of that garden. He does. And, uh, and, and the other day I said something and my mother said, Oh my God, you're your father's instrument. (laughs) I hope that she meant that in a good way. I know. I hope, but, um, so he, he is definitely here. He's, he, he is such a force, um, as is my mother. It's so interesting. They, they were partners in everything. Absolutely. Not what, not one, not the other. They were both just partners in everything. And so, it's really exciting. And we're repainting the main house, my parents' house right now for my mother's birthday. Mm. It's the first time in 45 years it's been painted. Wow. And, Great. Um, and it's so exciting. And my mother said today that she's going to have to live to be 120 just to amortize it. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very excited about that. That's a great goal. Good for her. <laughs> yes. Very, very. She's very practical. I know. I know. I'm so pleased. And <laughs> Well, your father certainly was a visionary in the California wine world. And we, Mary Orlin and I were both so uh, grateful to get to know him and your mom uh, during our show in wine country. And uh, just the hospitality your family shows, I think, is just over the top, so warm and gracious, and you make it seem so easy, which of course it isn't, but that is such a lovely thing that you guys adopted as part of who you are and what you do. When you welcome people, you really welcome them and make them at home at your place. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. Nobody, I think nobody would create a place like Iron Horse if you didn't want to share it. And um, if somebody who's listening hasn't been here, I've I do want to say this is not a marble palace. This is a just a gorgeous, naturally beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Um, our architecture is all Sonoma style barns, and um, it's it's not a fancy place. It is definitely a working winery. But as soon as you come onto the property, you are instantly struck that this is a magical spot. And it is the foundation of our belief system that this property is capable of yielding such delicious, distinctive, unique flavors. And as a result, we are completely estate bottled. We don't buy or sell any grapes. So everything is grown here, grown, produced, and bottled right here. And our um, entire marketing ploy is again, to make wines that are so delicious and distinctive that you wake up at three o'clock in the morning with an undeniable thirst for Iron Horse and absolutely nothing else will do. That's fantastic. I love that. Well, I have to say over the many times I have 
visited Iron Horse, um, as that drive, uh, the long drive up from the bottom of the hill, and you go up and you see the vineyards, you see all the palm trees, you see the red barns, and you're just like, ah, oh, it's just, it's, it's in another world, but it's so down to earth, and I really mean that. Um, and your tasting bar has always been outside, and I, I think, and I think that has stood. Did, um, was an advantage for you dur- during COVID and all the restrictions that we've had. You know, it has been absolutely amazing, Mary. You know, I um, I have had marble bathroom envy <laughs> <laughs> from other tasting rooms. You know, you just say, oh my God, they're so gorgeous. And we are literally two barrels with a plank of wood over it. Um, and during COVID, it was the most perfect because everybody felt safe. We cut down the number of visitors by half. Mm-hmm. So you have even more space, more time. And we're gonna, it's going to stay that way because it has become a much more pleasurable experience. And... Um, and it's what we do. We are an outdoor tasting environment. And um, as you both know, uh, we don't even let you sit down. You stay. Right. <laughs> but the view I, is so stunning. Uh, yeah. From the winery, you look all the way across undulating, gentle, rolling hills covered in vine, looking all the way across Sonoma to Mount St. Helena. It's such an inviting atmosphere. And I think... You know, because it is not that marble palace, it makes it so much more approachable, so much less intimidating. And you just want to basically move in. <laughs> well, come on. Join you know what we say? We say one mouth to feed, two hands to work. No problem. Okay. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's a great motto. That's fantastic. Hey, Joy, can you tell us the story of how um, Iron Horse Blanc de Blanc helped end the Cold War? Oh, I would love to tell you that. I would love to tell you that. So very early on, first of all, most people don't realize that we started off making still wines. Our first vintage of Chardonnay was 1978. Our first vintage of Pinot Noir was 1979. Our first vintage of Bubbles was 1980. I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And the um, so in 1985, which was the year I joined the winery, that November, the Reagan administration chose Iron Horse for the summit meetings with Mikhail Gorbachev, and the wine they selected was a 1983 Blanc de Blanc. Um, we now make a wine called Russian Cuvée, which commemorates that. And the wine had to go. At first, we were told that every member of cabinet had to sign off on the decision. Really? It was flown to a military Air Force base in unmarked boxes, went to Geneva, where the first meetings took place. And all of the historians agree that the two superpowers were simply poles apart until that moment when they were clinking glasses at the end of dinner with Iron Horse. And just like that, the wall came down. Oh, wow. Oh, I love it. That's, <laughs> yeah. 
So as you, we take complete credit for ending the Cold War. And you should. Yes. And you're welcome. <laughs> yes, the world, the world thanks you and Iron Horse. Well, and it's and, and you've been a regular at uh, your your wine's been a regular at the White House ever since, yeah. Ever since, so now six consecutive presidential administrations, and we hope counting as soon as uh, COVID is over. We hope the uh, White House will resume um, state dinners. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm very excited that the State Department uh, contacted us and is considering. They haven't made a decision, but they're considering Iron Horse to be one of the diplomatic gifts um, for this administration. So that would be a gift either from the president, the vice president, or the secretary of state. That's exciting. It is exciting. Yes. uh, Yeah. yeah. So I haven't heard yet. And and I hope I didn't just squirrel it by talking. No, no, no. (laughs) No. You gave it cred. And and more people to put the good vibes out there for you. you. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, we're looking at seven. And what I love about that is that um, it means there's no politics involved. We're completely ecumenical. And um, and it and it feels to me that you become president of the United States. The first thing that happens is you develop a taste for Iron Horse. It just comes with the Oval Office. I love that. <laughs> now, you've also you've, you've had many impressive folks visit, but I, I read that um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a visitor at the winery. Yes, she was. Yes, wow. she was. She and her husband came. Sandra Day O'Connor has been here. Um, you know, this is a, this is a tribute to my parents. Um, my dad always said, you know, people always say, oh, well, that's a small world. And he said, no, it's a very big world. We just know a lot of people. But the... <laughs> <laughs> love it. But um, yes, we've been very, very honored uh, to be able to welcome uh, all all kinds of people, um, which is very tremendous because it really speaks to what wine is all about. Um, it is something everybody can enjoy. It, it is, uh, you, can, you can talk to anybody about food and wine, and that is uh, tremendous. And I think part of the reason is nobody can tell me what I taste. And I have no idea what you're tasting. So we, we exchange our ideas and we're, we're both right. Yes. It's like lying on your back in the grass and looking up at the clouds and I see a bear and you see a ship and we're both right. And so that's, that's really why it is a diplomatic drink. Yes. Um, is because the, it is so easy to have a conversation about wine because there is no right or wrong. It's true. It's very individual and like a you know like our fingerprints, our tastes are individual, and we each get a unique experience out of whatever it is we're eating or drinking. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's fun so, to share that. Absolutely. So we've we've talked about Ocean Reserve and the Russian cuvee. Um, so Joy. Iron Horse produces many special cuvées um, that are different than your classic sparkling wines. And um, I think, you know, I'd like to know a little bit more about all the cuvées you make. And I know you you all do one every year for the Chinese lunar calendar. Yes, we. this is quite astonishing. We now make 19 different cuvées. Mm. And you know what? I could wake up tomorrow and say we need another one because I just don't think you can have too many cuvées. And 
so the Chinese cuvee is one that I'm very, very proud of. Um, I love Chinese New Year. Um, I'm born in February, so very often my birth, childhood birthday parties were either Valentine's Day or Chinese New Year's. And, and then I think, you know, living near San Francisco, you just embrace it naturally. And every year in the lunar calendar is a different animal. So this year uh, is the year of the ox. And so we, we made a special cuvee for the year of the ox. Last year was the rat. And um, it's very hard to find a beautiful rat or ox to put on your label. But <laughs> <laughs> if anyone can do it, you can. I don't know what we're going to do for dragon, but <laughs> we'll figure it out when we get there. But what's amazing is that each of these different cuvées are unique. We just did a dosage tasting before um, I got to join you here on this for this interview for the new vintage of fairy tale cuvée, which is the house wine of the Magic Kingdom for Disney. Yes. And we had eight different flutes in front of us, same base wine, but a different level of dosage. The dosage is the finishing element and it, at its most basic, it regulates the degree of sweetness to dryness of the wine by how much you add, but the composition can totally change the wine. It's like seasoning and cooking. So if you put two milliliters of Pinot Noir in the dosage, two milliliters, that's a scooch. I mean, I'm sorry for being so technical. Like <laughs> very um, technical. Very technical. But that'll change the color. That'll change the perfume. That'll change the mouthfeel. Um, and if you, if you, on the contrary, put two milliliters of Chardonnay in instead, it's going to become much more, more lean, more lemony, um, brisker. So it's just amazing how much stylistic play there is. And it's a completely hedonistic tasting because in theory, each one of these is of the same quality level because the base wine is the same. It is really, um, it's the art part um, of, making, of making bubbly. And it's one area where Iron Horse, I think, really excels. We're very, very sophisticated about our dosage, we, we, we use many different elements. Um, and um, so it's very exciting. So that allows us to make so many different cuvées and they're very small production items. So for example, right now we have, we're at the very end of our spring rosé. And um, each one of these, we make maybe 500 cases. Mm. And so they last about a month. So you have to Grab them while you can. Act yeah. fast. Well, I, <laughs> I, I am really blown away that each cuvee is basically a custom wine. That, that's impressive. It really is. Hey, Joy, what are the things that you wish some of our listeners knew about sparkling wine? I always think it's fun, to, like the unusual pairings. People think, you know, unfortunately, people have had and at least used to have a notion that sparkling was um, to be reserved for special celebrations. But I know that you are of the mindset that it's an everyday uh, indulgence. And um, but maybe you could help our listeners with what you love about it, what you love to drink, what do you love to eat with champagne or excuse me, with sparkling and, um, you know, some of the, your favorite things about it. Well, first of all, let me say that, you know, 
tomato, tomato. If you say champagne, I am really not going to die. Okay. I know, <laughs> I know that, uh, you know, champagne is a, is an area of France. Um, I don't say Burgundy. I say Pinot Noir, but I also walk into our office and I ask for a Xerox, even though I have no idea what the copier company. Thank you, Joy. (laughs) So, you know, so I think you can get a little, a little carried away. Number two is I feel very strongly that you should have two bottles of bubbly chilling in your refrigerator at all times. What if something good happens? You just don't want to be caught flat-footed. Number two, if nothing else, it will give the impression that you are an optimist. And number three, just opening your refrigerator door makes you smile. So I think that that's, and and then once it's there, oh my God, you might as well just drink it. So, <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> I am of the mind that bubbly is for just because. And nice. I think that one thing I've heard a lot in recent years whether it was wildfire or pandemic or whatever, is do not defer celebrating for special occasions. Yep. So true. And life is too short. Well, every day can be a special occasion, right? Make it a special occasion. In terms of food pairings, there is nothing quite as delicious as potato chips and bubbly. So true. One of my favorites. Popcorn and bubbly. I mean, anything salty, anything fried, sushi and bubbly is unbelievable. So whenever you're getting sushi takeout, come on, go for it. I believe it goes with absolutely everything. And um, and I have yet to find anything, uh, even tomatoes. So sliced heirloom, it's a little early yet for us for, for tomatoes, but I'm waiting you know, when summer comes, sure. sliced heirloom tomatoes with just a little bit of um, Hawaiian black salt and Russian cuvee, unbelievably great. Um, eggs, eggs and bubbly. Um, I think one of the reasons why brunch and bubbles go together so well. Um, yeah. And um, anything, um, you know, it's aged on the yeast. So anything bready, doughy, that includes pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? I'll take that. <laughs> I love fried chicken and bubbly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is an absolute winner. An absolute winner. Um, it, what's nice in the springtime also, this is very classic and very French and sophisticated. Um, garden fresh radishes with butter and salt. Oh, yes. 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 I love that. Yeah. I'm gonna- I'm going to try that. I want to be sophisticated. You are sophisticated. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, those are fun. I like I that. I know, yeah. but you know what? I've I, I've been slack slacking off. I do not currently have two bottles of bubbly in my fridge, but I, I got to step it up. You know what? It's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You can you can make amends instantly. No problem. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Good. Good. Thank you. I will have done my job. (laughs) Well, hopefully our listeners will also be inspired to do that. I hope so, too. I just I just think that it, um, you know, people say 
it goes to your head and I say, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, funny. Yes. And I don't even know why. I don't know that there's any biological or chemical reason. You know, some people say, oh, the bubbles get, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I do know that it's a very happy drink. It is a happy drink. And, um, and that makes it worthwhile just for that. Well, and you also, you touched upon something that I think really resonates with people these days is uh, don't wait, don't wait to celebrate, don't wait to be happy, don't wait for the right day to do something because, you know, we got, we have no guarantees. So enjoy every day as its own individual reason to be joyful, happy, and celebrate. Yeah. Until for further notice, celebrate everything. <laughs> we, we will. We will. We will. Well, Joy, it has been an absolute pleasure, a sparkling delight having you join us today. Well, thank you so much. Being with the two of you is truly one of the greatest things I could do, and I want to do it all the time. It's certainly more often than we have recently. I agree. I agree. And as soon as I can travel again, I will certainly come see you. It has been way too long since I've been at the winery. Yes, please. That sounds wonderful. We both want to do that. Yes, yes. I want to remind our listeners, too, that uh, as Joy says, every day is Earth Day. But her, their Ocean Reserve Blanc de Blanc, they're with, in partnership with National Geographic, they'll be giving $4 a bottle to the National Geographic Ocean Initiative. So thank you, Joy, for that. And thanks for the ways that you continue to contribute to the community. You're not just sustaining, you are regenerating. And we love that. So thank you so much for the, the good that you guys are doing. And um, we should all toast to Earth Day and Earth Month with a bottle of Ocean Reserve or any other Iron Horse wine, but especially Ocean Reserve this month. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies. I toast both of you. Thank you, Joy. It's been a real treat. And sip, sip, hooray, Joy. Sip, sip, hooray. Cheers. Cheers. Well, Mary Orlin, that was a joyful experience with Joy Sterling. She's just the best. She is so fun to talk to, so knowledgeable, and also just so involved in not just running a really big winery, but also uh, working to better the community through her broadband initiative, the efforts to using regenerative agriculture. I mean, she's got a lot going on. She does. And she is just tireless and so energetic. It's just like she embodies what bubbly is. And she's you know, she lives up to her name. She is so joyous and it's infectious. And just everything that she and her family have done over the 45 years of the winery's existence is just incredible. And I, I look forward to what they do because, as she said, they keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I am going to follow her advice. I will start putting two bottles of bubbly in my refrigerator. <laughs> So I'm never, yeah, because, you know, who knows what, you can just celebrate it that it's a Tuesday afternoon or something. (laughs) I'm going to have to clear some space in our fridge. (laughs) It's it's a you-know-what show, but, but, um, (laughs) you know, we got to make priorities, Mary B. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) No, she is the best and we're um, super grateful to call her a friend and want to encourage you to uh, check out Iron Horse Vineyards. They're up in Sebastopol and it is a beautiful spot to um to spend a day 
Yeah, the, the website is ironhorsevineyards.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we would love for you to share it with your friends, your family. Um, our website is sipsipparaypodcast.com. There you can um, see what, all the different platforms that we are on and whatever podcast platform you prefer. We encourage you to go to it and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss another fantastic episode. That's right. And as you're winding down your day today, remember, bubbly is for just because. No need to wait. <laughs> That's right. Right. And be sure to follow us on social. We'd love to see you toasting to Earth Day or whatever celebration you're having on whatever day. And we are at Sip Sip Hooray Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Sip Sip Hooray, the number one on Twitter. And please tag us at Sip Sip Hooray Podcast. Thank you for listening in today and thank you for sharing our podcast with your friends. Spread the word and join us as we eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> and drink lots of bubbly. Yeah, there you go. All right, Mary Orleans, sip, sip, hooray, girl. Sip, sip, hooray, Mary Babbitt. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.